Hi, I'm Nathaniel Marins, and this is my fantasy funeral. Imagine you are dead, but you get to design your own funeral. What songs will be played? Who will deliver your eulogy? And where will your remains rest forevermore? This is the scenario presented to my guest today. I'm Ryan Briegel, and you're listening to my fantasy funeral. My guest today is a beverage inventor and entrepreneur that believed there could be a way to make coffee more refreshing. Even in today's world of frappuccinos and cold brew, he felt that delicious caffeinated beverages could go one step further, and he was right. It was while working for local cafe Crema that he first developed a type of coffee drink that was entirely new to Nashville, perhaps new to the coffee world altogether, coffee soda. He named this concoction Matchless Coffee Soda, and now as the beverage director for Nashville's Stay Golden Cafes, he is responsible for introducing the bright and fizzy drink to new coffee lovers every day. He also participates in barista competitions, having placed fourth in the National United States Coffee and Good Spirits Championship held in Kansas City this past March. Yes, other companies have gone on to create their own coffee sodas, but just like the name my guest wisely gave to his invention, it seems there is no match. He is Nathaniel Marins. Hello, Nathaniel. Hi. Welcome to my fantasy funeral. <laughs> Thank you so much. Today we are going to kill you off and take a look at the funeral you would plan for yourself. But I wanted to begin by asking you, is your own death something that you think of very often? Uh, no, not really. I, I don't worry too much about it because uh, I don't feel as if it matters. <laughs> uh, I think at the end of the day or the end of your life, if you will, there's not... There's not much that affects you because you're dead. So you don't go through the day worrying? No, no, I don't. I think, if anything, I, I worry that I am not living life fully enough. It's a very good outlook. We are going to hear the five songs that you have chosen to be played during your funeral. I noticed that your choices all seem to be somewhat related to nature and the seasons, and I want to know more about that. But for now, what is your first song choice? The first song is a song called Summertime by The Fire Theft. Honestly, I, I probably couldn't exactly tell you what this song is about, <laughs> but it's one of the songs uh, that uh, has always given me a lot of uh, just uplifting feelings, you know, driving down the road with the, the windows down and, and you're, you're cranking the music and singing along. Uh, but I, I do like the, the lyrics in here um, sort of, pointing to this idea of, of all these people that have come before us and, and, and those that, you know, come after us. And I think that when, when one is thinking about life and, and about death, those are really poignant uh, thoughts, just considering, you know, it, we are kind of uh, what we make ourselves, you know, and the people that come before us is, uh, is a big part of that. So. So
a fire theft from their self-titled album, a song called Summertime. Nathaniel, you've spoken a little bit in the past about how you were raised. I'm very curious about your upbringing. Where did you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in uh, southwest Missouri in Joplin, a fairly small city that has, I guess, recently come into the news for the major tornado that happened there, Mm. Um, but grew up you know, in a, in a, a fairly conservative family, uh, my parents or my dad is a like a worship pastor, and uh, the youngest of eight kids, most of them being preachers or missionaries, and uh, his his dad being a traveling you know preacher and Bible college professor. So that was that was kind of my background. Am I correct in saying you were homeschooled? I was as a child. Yeah, tell me about that experience. Yeah, so I mean, I I think that it was uh one of the best things and worst things simultaneously uh for me i i learned a lot about learning uh being a homeschooled kid learned how to teach myself anything that i wanted uh i was i was i think instilled with a great love for learning and that really carries uh carried me through i think has 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 benefited me a lot in my life and then you know there were there were lots of things that i wish were different <laughs> uh you know part of part of the purpose of it i think for for my parents was to to somewhat protect me from from the outside world but uh in in doing that i also missed out on on some things and you know fortunately i, I wasn't uh, one of those sort of uh prototypical homeschooled kids who never got any socialization was super awkward. I think maybe I'm awkward. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I like to think that I'm not that awkward. But yeah, I, I think uh, the combination of developing my skills and educating myself um, and and just the ability to, to go at my own pace were incredible. I think a natural thing to wonder about you, given your passion towards beverages, is was coffee around a lot when you were young is that where you were introduced to it yeah 100 percent. my dad loves coffee uh introduced me to coffee i remember having my first you know sips like spoonfuls of of his coffee with a bunch of cream and sugar in it at some local diner or whatever you know and liking it then even though i i didn't you know necessarily drink a lot of it uh but you know my first job really uh was in a coffee shop and then i just kind of continued down that path but uh, it's funny now coming kind of full circle uh, now, you know, I'm the one that's bringing things to my dad and, and showing him stuff and, and he gets a kick out of it. It's cool. Yeah, That's very nice. Let's hear about the second song you've chosen. What is it? Uh, this is Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles or, uh, you know, perhaps more dear to my heart, George Harrison. <laughs> um, you know, when I was putting together this list, um, I started out kind of thinking about like, I don't know, but somber songs about death. And I was like, no, that's not what I want. I don't want people to be sad uh, necessarily. You know, I think sadness has its place, but um, but uh, my goal is, you know, to live a, a full and, and joyful life. And uh, and I think celebrating that is is a really wonderful thing. And so, so I, I actually tried to pick some like happy songs and this is one of the happiest ones that, that I've ever heard.
the Beatles and Here Comes the Sun from their album, The Abbey Road. Nathaniel, you are certified as a barista by the Barista Guild of America. Mm-hmm. How long ago did this happen? Oh, gosh. Uh, it was their very first training weekend that they did. I think that was 2009 in Raleigh-Durham, um, I believe is where we where we had it. So, yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> what went into you actually becoming certified? How does it work? Yeah, they uh, the Barista Guild of America started this uh, kind of standardized training program that was, well, is now under the umbrella of the Specialty Coffee Association. So they, years and years ago, put together some training weekends and, and they would do, you know, camps where baristas would go and they would, uh, stay for a few days and, and they would go through all of these these seminars and learn things and get a bunch of hands-on experience with uh, sort of like giants in the industry you know people um, would 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 fly in and and uh, and be there to, to train all the all these young bucks it was cool you I think right now are pretty devoted to educating new baristas mm-hmm. uh, did teaching come naturally for you when you started doing that yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it, a lot of it sort of springs out of a, a natural passion for something. If if you're excited about something and and you understand it, <laughs> uh, then you're usually a pretty good teacher. Um, it was it was one of the things that I really enjoyed about coffee as I was becoming more and more serious about it. It was actually the first business that that I started with my partner Sean was a, a training company that that we did, and we worked with a few cafes around town before kind of moving into the you know the later businesses but yeah and I wanted to get to your different coffee shop history you seem to have worked at all the best coffee shops in Nashville you began at Bongo Java at mm-hmm. the Fido location in yep. Hillsborough Village and then you worked for a very well-respected cafe Crema mm-hmm. and there you developed the Crema Slow Bar what was that all about yeah so that was that was a lot of fun um it was it was actually inspired by this project that James Hoffman did um, called Penny University. And James Hoffman was the world barista champion in 2007, um, where owns is part owner, I believe, of a company called Square Mile in, in London, a really fantastic roasting company. And um, and they've had, they've had a big presence uh, over the last decade or so. But after he won, he, he wanted to do this really uh, – interesting I, I don't know it, it was kind of a it was a passion project for him uh he wanted it was exploratory he wanted to see how far he could push uh people to to enjoy new things in new contexts and he was charging more for things than than anybody else at the time but essentially what it was is it was just a small maybe five or six seat um you know establishment at a bar where they folks would come in and they would just brew coffee for them in different ways it was it was literally nothing nothing but coffee but they would pick really unique things and then they would do them uh you know specific brewing methods that they thought were the best iterations of that i was really inspired by that and what we ended up doing was something very similar where we would generally have like three or four different coffees that we thought were really special we would pick a brewing method that we thought highlighted those characteristics the best that they could be and then we would actually pair it with a small bite of something, an amuse-bouche or something. You know, it, we didn't have a full kitchen and we weren't chefs, so we it wasn't like the catbird seat. But um, 
the the two main people that I was kind of like bouncing things off of uh, was was Josh Habergren and 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 Eric who opened the catbird seat and started the catbird seat. We were working with them a lot as crema, and they were coming in every day, so they became good friends of mine, and and so they kind of helped me develop this thing. And then we did um, we did several iterations of that where we would the coffees would change a little bit, and we kind of like pre-sold tickets to it, and some people would come in and. And sit down for a little while and we'd give him this whole presentation basically it was about you know 20 30 minutes and it was a lot of fun it was at crema i believe in 2012 where you first developed coffee soda mm-hmm. you didn't call it matchless at first but when do you think the idea of having carbonated coffee first came into your head where did this initiate from uh, what i wanted was was to be able to drink coffee and have it be more even more refreshing than it was uh i was you know really into uh, doing iced coffee as like a, an ice brew. So you brew it hot over ice and, and that ends up being a lot more vibrant and, um, you know, it has more available acids uh, in in the, the flavor than like a cold brew does. And it's a lot more refreshing. So I was really uh, interested in the dynamics of that, but I wanted to take it even further to see how how much farther I could take it. And really the, the logical step was effervescence, you know, and, and I started out, doing you know some espresso in soda with some other syrups and 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 things like that and it worked okay and there's still a lot of people that that do that like as an espresso tonic or something like that but there's so many issues that happen with it where it's just like you know the espresso's hot so you're losing um carbonation because of that um it you know dilutes the whole thing it espresso has kind of like for lack of a better term, like a, like a muddy flavor. It's not as clean and crisp as like a brewed coffee. Um, and so I, I played around with a few different versions and uh, again, kind of bouncing these ideas off of, off of Josh and Eric. Eric didn't believe that I could make anything delicious that way. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but Josh, Josh, I think gave me uh, a couple of suggestions. One being like, why don't you carbonate the whole thing in this like, what was like they were using the catbird seat it was called a twist and sparkle which i think is off the market now because it explodes uh and they had to recall it but uh so he let me borrow that and i started playing around with things and and then um it, it eventually just kind of like settled on the simplest possible recipe just getting all the ingredients out of the way um and letting the coffee shine through and that ended up being the best which you know is often the case <laughs> simple yeah you have said quote as soon as I put the soda on the menu at Crema, I knew it would be a huge success. Your confidence in the drink is quite impressive. How did you know it was going to be received well? Man, that's such a funny thing because I, I remember that experience and it's hard to describe because it, it's just one of those moments where like, you experience something and you know not only did you do exactly what you wanted and what was in your brain, but you know that other people are going to dig it. And there was, there was some sort of like magical moment where it it just everything made sense, and I was like, "This is going to be great. Everybody's going to love this." I, I don't think I've ever had quite that moment with another drink. You next were part of the team that opened Steadfast mm-hmm. in Germantown. This was, I think, your first involvement in opening a cafe from the very beginning. Correct. Yeah. How did you feel after bringing? this business to life from nothing oh it's a huge accomplishment it's um you know god it's so much work (laughs) and we didn't know what we were doing half the time you know we 
we were this was the first time as you said that we'd we'd done something from the ground up so there were millions of details that we didn't know how to execute and and it took a lot of like beating our heads against the wall uh to to to, to do things and you know thankfully we we had some help here and there but a lot of uh, a lot of it w- was was done on our own and it was a huge learning experience and we were very proud of the way that it all came together um very you know I, I very grateful that the neighborhood responded to it and Nashville responded to it as, as well as they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from that became, um, a d- another location called steadfast commons. Mm-hmm. What was the idea behind that? How was that different than just the steadfast cafe? Yeah. So that was, uh, always designed to be a coffee and cocktail bar. And, um, what the reality was that it, it, we ended up doing more cocktails than coffee but it was a sort of bizarre experience because um, we we didn't really necessarily like scout the location out. It kind of came to us, um, and then we just decided to do it. Uh, we brought a friend of mine, uh, Troy Seidel, in, um, who's been you know very heavily involved in uh, a lot of really fantastic bars. Uh, and he consulted and, and helped us develop the menu and, and trained us and all that. So like we were executing drinks uh, at the same level as, you know, uh, most of the best places in town and combining that at the same time with coffee and coffee cocktails. That was the first time that I really explored that realm too, uh, beyond my work at, at Pinewood. But it was a, a really fun time. It was a difficult time. And ultimately it didn't end up working out. We had some, some business, uh, you know, disagreements with, with our partner and, and, and then that didn't, that didn't end up panning out. So RIP, but, <laughs> but it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. But I would imagine this led to the idea of creating Stay Golden. For sure. Yeah. And, and in a lot of ways, Stay Golden is the, is what we wanted to do all along, but we didn't quite have the resources or the know-how to, to pull off. So, yeah. We're going to find out more about that. But first, tell me about your third song choice. Yeah, again, this is kind of going with that uh, sunshine theme, uh, the, you know, the uplifting song, uh, Mr. Blue Sky. Uh, Funny enough, similar to Here Comes the Sun, this is, uh, if you listen to the lyrics, it's like, why did you take so long to come? (laughs) But I think, you know, there's always that that sort of dynamic, that that struggle and then the release. Um, And I think in a lot of ways, uh, you know, death can be a a release and, and... Certainly for some people who, who have a lot of pain and suffering in their life, you know, um, the end uh, can be can be very welcome. Electric Light Orchestra and Mr. Blue Sky from their album Out of the Blue. 
Nathaniel, you are now one of the partners in Stay Golden, a cafe concept which so far has two locations in Nashville, on Sidco Drive and then a newer location in East Nashville. I understand the original idea was to have a restaurant that didn't favor coffee over food necessarily mm-hmm. or vice versa, but saw the importance of coffee and food and even cocktails all equally. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, totally. I mean, w- ultimately, we want to create a space that uh, inspires people that, you know, they're they're experiencing wonderful, delicious things, whether that's coffee or whether it's food um, or whether it's cocktails. Um, those are all things that, that we, you know, as partners have been very into in our lives uh, that we've we've really loved and have learned a lot about. And so we wanted to wanted to share them. Uh, now, granted, we're not so much the the food side of things. We have a, um, a head chef, uh, Simone Cugueva, and he's fantastic. We are so blessed to have him. But bringing those things together is is something that, that doesn't happen uh, that often in uh, as thoughtful a way as, as I would like. And so that's that was kind of our goal. The look of the Stay Golden interiors is very unique for a coffee shop. It's less traditional, mm. focused on very light-colored walls, pastels, calming colors, almost beachy to a point. Yeah. Were you involved in choosing the interior style at all? Uh, I was less involved in that than I had been for Steadfast. Sean actually did a lot of that, and he's uh, he's actually our, our roaster. But we, for both of the architects that we work with for both locations, they they had their individual, um, you know, interior designers. Um, Katie Vance with with Powell uh, did a fantastic job with the the East Nashville location. But I think we had all kind of communicated uh, to one another like this is the vibe that we want to put out. You know, we really love the idea of feeling bright and open and airy. Um, well, in the morning while you're enjoying your, your coffee, I, I think I would rather sit in a, in a sunlit room, you know, with, with bright colors all around me, you know, by no means do I think we're in, entirely unique in that. I think that that has been a larger trend across the, especially the specialty coffee market. You know, there's, there's plenty of other places in town, Crema being one, you know, nice and light and bright, uh, Brisa Parlor, you know, has some really beautiful locations that we're, we're not unique in that, but yeah, it, it is something that I, I think we much prefer. I think they're, they've even done, uh, you know, scientific studies and, and found that people enjoy their coffee more when they are in a bright environment. <laughs> so for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Do you feel like your sense of what adventurous flavor combinations will work has gotten better as you come up with more and more drinks? Uh, I think, you know, the more that you practice anything, the better you get at it. And what I really love is kind of like finding new ways to construct things and and asking like, well, why do we have to do it this way? Flavors in coffee are, you know, somewhat limited because coffee is such a strong dominant flavor and not everything goes with it, but more goes with it than you would, than you would expect. I think what I've really loved is is doing things like the coffee soda where you you take coffee and and then you put it in a new context. The first time a lot of people have coffee soda, they're so confused by it that they don't know whether they like it or not. You know, uh, there's a there's a probably a good, you know, 30% of of people who have it for the first time and they're like, "What? Ew. Wait." <laughs> Takes a moment. Yeah. To <laughs> is that your favorite part of all this, the new creations that you can come up with? 
Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm the sort of person who's always looking for something else. Um, who's always, you know, it's not that I'm dissatisfied. It's just that I'm so interested in all of the things. So I I want to I want to be stimulated. I want to move on. I want to I want to look somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Let's hear about the fourth song you've chosen. Tell me about it. Sure. This is uh, Claire de Lune by WC. Um, this is one of my all-time favorite uh, pieces, and it reminds me a lot of my grandmother. Um, she was a piano player, taught me how to play piano when I was uh, maybe like five or six when I started learning. Uh, and she always really loved this song. So uh, in terms of like a more somber kind of like reflective mood um this is this is where i went Claire de Lune, composed by Claude Debussy, performed by Seung Chin Cho. Stay Golden's second location in East Nashville is doing quite well. Are there thoughts of a third location opening? Yeah, we, I think, have our hopes for sure. Um, we would definitely like to expand the brand and grow it and do multiple locations. We, in fact, had initially planned on doing a third one. Um, and then, uh, once the first two were open, we got, uh, we thought better of it and, and pulled the brakes just because it's so much work (laughs) to do. I mean, two in like six months is insane. I don't know why we ever did that, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, I I think once we, once we kind of catch our breath a little bit, hopefully and get a little bit more momentum, then we'll go, we'll go that route. I see. Before we hear your final song choice, I believe you have chosen to resurrect a recently passed author to deliver your eulogy. Tell me about this man. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Christopher Hitchens is um, very near and dear to my heart. He was one of, I think, my biggest influences in terms of changing my my view of the world and and how I understand it. Uh, But beyond that, he was also a fantastic orator really uh so well spoken and uh, just a pleasure to listen to he he really enjoyed speaking and and debates and he was a journalist and uh just an incredibly intelligent and and poetic man is there anything specific that you would like for him to read yeah so uh, another one of my heroes carl sagan uh was was talking about a death and and kind of our desire for life to to exist 
on the on the other side of it. So this is this is a quote from him. The world is so exquisite with so much love and moral depth that there is no reason to deceive ourselves with pretty stories for which there is little good evidence. Far better, it seems to me, in our vulnerability is to look death in the eye and to be grateful every day for the brief but magnificent opportunity that life provides. Nathaniel, we've come to your fifth and final funeral song. What is it? This is uh, Waltz of the Flowers by Tchaikovsky. And what does this song mean to you? Why would you like this to be at the end of your fantasy funeral? Yeah, it's such a beautiful, dynamic, and triumphant song. I love the crescendo at the end, but the way that it builds towards it with the harps in the beginning, um, it's just, it's so delicate, but but then it, it, it comes through and it has so much depth and power. And, you know, speaking to your thoughts earlier about this this theme of, of nature and, and the sun and the moon and, and then the flowers. I, I really identify very, very closely with nature. It, it means, it means a lot to me. This, this song reminds me of my grandfather who was a gardener, um, you know, his whole life in addition to a lot of other things, including being an, a, a really fantastic artist, but his, his influence and his appreciation for nature really worked its way into every fiber of my being. And, and now I think uh, understanding uh, more about nature than I ever, you know, ever knew as a, as a child and just understanding how we're all connected and how, um, you know, life and death is, is basically this, this ongoing, you know, process and everything is, is working together in that process. I, I just think it's, it's such a beautiful picture of that. Tchaikovsky's Waltz of the Flowers, Nathaniel Marin's final fantasy song choice. Nathaniel, perhaps in keeping with this idea of truly being outside, have you thought about what you would like to happen to your body after you die? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think beyond uh, getting as much use as possible out of it in any way that science can uh, and helping somebody else, I would love to be sent into space. Um, You know, orbit would be cool, but ultimately... I think it would be just a a fantastic and the most fitting end to just be shot straight into the sun. Do you picture there being perhaps a ceremony where everyone stands around and watches (laughs) the one last time they see you as you are shot? I think it would be hard not to. Yeah, I would do it. I would watch it. (laughs) (laughs) This has been really great. Thank you for taking us through your fantasy funeral. It's been my pleasure. My Fantasy Funeral is brought to you by We Own This Town. Full versions of the songs chosen today can be heard on our Spotify playlist. Find out more at myfantasyfuneral.show. I'm Ryan Briegel. Thank you for listening.